Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. to realize that the whole entirety of the Bible is the good news. How many of you know that it's a gift? It's a gift. But I'm telling you what, I was privileged, I was privileged to be raised Pentecostal. And you know, everybody's got their, everybody's got their favorite sports teams and you know, that Dallas is going to be playing these guys and that and you know, we should have fun. Like, what's your history? Like, what's your background? I'm Baptist, and you just come in here wearing Baptist proud. You know what I'm saying? What I think about, you know, how I feel about people that weren't raised Pentecostal is I just feel sorry for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you all. <laughs> and the truth is, is our church, <laughs> our church is, uh, our church is filled with so many different backgrounds. And honestly, I think that that's what makes it so beautiful. We've got everything from non-believers we weren't raised in a church to Catholics to Lutherans to Baptists to Pentecostal to Methodist uh, you just keep going you know what I'm saying and uh, and I just love that we are a good representation of the body of Christ but I will tell you this and it's the truth like if there was a book that was focused on if there was a book focused on more than any other book in the Bible it absolutely is the book of Acts if you're Pentecostal because it has a lot to do with the power of God, the experience that is found in an encounter with God. And so I just want you to know, I was raised in this. My parents were divorced when I was a year. I was raised in this every summer when I would go to church. And, um, and, and then I stopped you know, going to church about the age of 14. And then when I was about 25 and got radically saved, um, I still had a longing and a love for the book of Acts. And so I'm just saying this, that if you've not read the book of Acts or it's not been one of your, you know, a book that you've given much time to, my heart is, is that something throughout the message today is going to cause you to want to dive into it just a little bit more than what you have in the past. Amen. I want us to realize just some facts about Acts. Number one, Acts was written by Luke, the same person that had written um, the gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And last week we, we, uh, we come to find out that Luke was the only person of the four writers of the gospel that wasn't Jewish. He was, he was Greek. And that was really kind of who his main message was for. But Acts is a continuation of the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, it ends with the resurrection, and Acts picks up in the ascension and then also the birth of the first church. And so if we want to really get somewhat of an idea on what the church is supposed to look like, the Acts, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles is a great place to begin. Can I get a good amen there? Apostle is something that, that, that used to be more common language than what it is today. And all I want you to realize is, is that the word apostles, the acts of the apostles, 
all that means is the sent out ones. And so if there is a book, come on, that is separate from all other books that focuses on being sent out, even though we've got the Great Commission Come on, in Matthew 28, there's also a great commission in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, which we're going to find out here in just a moment. But Acts is the sending out book. Acts is filled with action. Come on, it's where the church, it's where you and I are called, come on, to get off of our derrieres, my grandfather used to say, we're supposed to stop sitting on our hands we're supposed to elevate and begin come on to move and i know that this is called the acts of the apostles but truthfully if you were going to boil it down it really focuses on two apostles amongst the rest of them and those apostles are peter and paul so it's 28 verses acts is filled with 28 verses that is filled with just like i just said action What it's not filled with is intention. It's not filled with good ideas or we might consider. It's not filled with excuses. It is filled with people, come on, that come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. They are filled with the Holy Ghost and they immediately begin to move in the power of God. And then they learn and they grow and they learn and they grow and they continue to do more and more and more every single day. We see Peter become the rock, the bedrock on which the church is established. In the book of Acts, we see Saul come on on the road to Damascus, which has an encounter. Somebody say an encounter has an encounter with with Jesus and his name is changed from Saul to Paul, which is now known as the Apostle Paul, which has written so much of our New Testament that we read here today. I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that can ever happen in a church service is literally for people to have an encounter with the Lord, for people to experience God, not just to hear about, you know what I mean, this God that that seems so far and distant, But whether it be in worship or whether it be in the word where the Holy Ghost begins to say, man, this word right here, right now is for you. And something begins to stir up inside your body. And you're like, you know what I mean? I don't know what I've been chasing, but I've been chasing all the wrong things. And what I need is I need Jesus in my life. Amen. The church is born in the book of Acts, and we see it beginning in Jerusalem, and it goes through Samaria, through Asia, and it goes through Greece, and it ends in Rome, and we see the church birthed in Antioch and Philippi, and then Thessalonica, the church is born. What I want you to know is that Acts is not a short period of time, but it spans a very, very long period of time. Do you realize that most of the other Gospels, many of the other Gospels that are written in the New Testament were written in the span of the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles? We got Galatians, we've got Ephesians, we've got Colossians, we've got Romans, we've got 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, we've got 1st and 2nd Corinthians that are all written in the span that the book of Acts 
come on, crosses over. And then we've got Paul that writes Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians, all while, come on, the book of Acts is in play. And what I love about that is there's many miracles, there's signs and there's wonders. There's the power of God that is demonstrated throughout the book of Acts, all while the church is being persecuted in a way that they've never experienced before. And when I'm talking about persecution, I'm not talking about you wearing a fancy little cross necklace and and somebody just kind of looking at you side-eyed like that's odd that you would wear that cute little cross necklace and 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 oh man I was just I just didn't even know what to do I was so persecuted today because of my faith No what I'm talking about is persecution like I will kill you if you profess the name of Jesus Christ. And there were people literally that were being murdered and slaughtered because of their faith in Jesus. But at the same time that all of this is happening, the power of God is moving so mightily. What did the church do? Did they shrink back? Did they quit? No, they didn't shrink back. No, they didn't quit. They continued to meet house to house, door to door. They continued to eat bread together and break it. They continued to read and study to show themselves approved, the scriptures that is life to those that have them and those that believe in them. And they continued to pray. They continued to do all these. What was the, what was the, the, uh, the outcome of doing such thing? Thousands of people every single day were coming to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm glad that a couple of you got excited about that. That's pretty amazing. Acts screams that you have to do something. You have to get up. You have to move. Acts 1.8, I call it the other great commission. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost comes on you. And you shall be my witnesses to me and of me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's two words. You will receive power to be my witnesses. See, there's no such thing as closet Christianity. There's no such thing as, you know what I mean? My faith is just personal. You know, there's no such thing as as being secretive in a relationship with God. Like the worst thing that can happen is you show up to church like you've been for the last 10 years, and then somebody that you work with Come on, show up to church, and they're just as surprised to see you as you are surprised to see them. How can that be? It can be because we got a bunch of closet Christians, not in Rupert and Grace Church in Idaho, but in every other part of the world. And I'm just telling you this, that Acts causes the believers to live out loud and bold and courageous Every single place that they go, knowing, realizing that that is a mission field and they're not going to be careful and concerned about how it might affect them because the only thing that they're interested in is another person coming to know Jesus Christ and the call that is on their life, just like you have experienced that great love. 
See, the message of Acts is to literally tell people to get up and go. It's to get up and do something. You need to get up and you need to go. See, there's a mission that every single one of you have been called up to. As many of you know, I was in the United States Marine. I'll always be a United States Marine. But when I joined the Marine Corps, I didn't consider being a part of motor pool. I wasn't a bit interested in being a cook or a mechanic. I thought, man, if I'm going to join the Marine Corps, and there's nothing wrong with all of those service and, and those jobs because they're needed. But when I joined the Marine Corps, I thought, you know what? I'm joining the Corps because I'm going to learn how to fight. It was during a time that things were starting just to kind of, you know, be upset in the world, and we've not gotten off that place ever since. But I'm telling you, I was an 0311. It's an infantryman. It's a ground pounder. It's a grunt. And this is what my four years looked like, running many miles every day, doing tons of pull-ups and getting in physical shape every single day, firing weapons almost well, I'll just say several times a week doing all kinds of training from hand-to-hand -hand combat, close quarters combat, to clearing rooms in, in city-like environments, to open warfare, to every single thing. Land navigation, land navigation, land navigation, and land navigation. Running some more and doing all of this stuff over and over and over. Learning how the enemy works, who the enemy might be, and where we might be going. And I'm telling you this, that if you do this, four years of your life and your focus is to, is to fight an enemy, I'm telling you this, that in many of our cases, what we were doing is we were like, man, I want to put some of this to the test. And I'm telling you, this is a very strange place to be because there's something inside of you that is actually saying, man, I hope things go south. And then I hope that our unit is called up to be a part of fighting this, whatever this is. It's very weird because nobody wants war. War is not good, but when that's what you're trained to do day in and day out and you eat, sleep, drink, and all of your buddies, and, and that's just what you're focused on, you're wondering, I wonder if we're gonna be called up. I wonder if we're gonna be called up. I wonder if we're gonna be called up. And I'm just telling you this, if you're wondering if you're gonna be called up in the kingdom of God, you're already there. And this is the deal is, is that you don't have to become an expert in the field before you're called up. You're in the game the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. And he baptizes you with the Holy Ghost, which is the, is the Spirit of God in you that is able to equip you. And will you continue to learn? Will you continue to grow? Will you continue to be sharper and better? Come on, in this area of, of, uh, of warfare, spiritual warfare absolutely you will but he can use you right where you are what's cool with the book of acts is it's not filled with celebrities it's not filled with a bunch of experts it's filled literally it's filled with common ordinary people common ordinary people that have had a touch and experience and encounter with a mighty God and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm just telling you this when you've got 
common ordinary folks that have an encounter with God and they're filled with the spirit, they will do supernatural things. And I'm just telling you, church, I mean this. If there's ever a time where we need to see, come on, the supernatural take place in our life, where people repent of their sins, they turn to God, amen. If there's ever a time that we need revival, if there's ever a time that we need healings and we need miracles and, and we got, we're surrounded by all of these problems and everybody's putting a diagnosis on every single thing that there is out there, and I'm just telling you this, that God changes everything in a moment. And if there's ever a time that we need to experience that, it is now. Acts chapter 4, just ordinary people. You've got Peter and John. And this is what the people said of Peter and John while they were just observing how it is that they lived their life. These were educated people making this observance. They were saying, listen, Peter and John, these guys are just uneducated guys. There's nothing special about them. But can you believe how it is that they walk in courage and the boldness by which they carry themselves? And then they come to the resolve that these men must have been with Jesus. Why? Because they, same, the same, they, they were able to see the same deposits in Peter and John that Jesus himself was carrying. And I'm just telling you, this is what happens when we spend time, come on, in the word of God, when we spend time with Jesus, when we, when we get away from religion and we really focus on the relationship, come on, that is be found with Jesus and we, and we say, Lord, I just want more of your spirit. So maybe here this morning, you feel a little bit ordinary. I want you to know this, that God can use you. Because the Holy Ghost, man, it changes everything. John chapter 16 and verse 7 says this. Jesus says, but truly I tell you, it's for the good that I'm going away. He's talking about his ascension. He's going away. And, 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 and of course, his buddies, his disciples, they don't really like that. It's good that I go away because unless I go away, the advocate, which is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will provide, he will prove that the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. So Jesus is saying, listen, I can understand it's a good thing whenever you have me in the natural where we can just kind of rub shoulders with each other and you can put your hands on me and I can put my hands upon you. But let me tell you of a better day. When I go, instead of walking beside you, I'm going to feel you. I'm going to walk inside of you. And I'm telling you this, that whenever you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you got more power, you got more love, you got more wisdom, you got more peace. Does anybody need any power, love, wisdom, or peace? You got more direction. Wow. Three things that are consistent throughout the book of Acts. Number one, they were all filled with the Spirit. Number two, they were led by the Spirit. And number three, they had a resilient spirit. All three of these. Let me ask you a question. Is your life filled with the Spirit? Are you led by the Spirit? And are you resilient even in the middle of turmoil and trouble? Is your, are you spirit strong? 
Because this is what happens in the book of Acts, and Acts is a continuation. This is a book that is continually being lived out in and through each and every one of you. So Spirit-filled, Acts chapter 2, this is the Pentecost encounter. And us Pentecostals love that because part of our name is in the book. <laughs> Acts 2, 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw tongues of fire rest on each of them and all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. See, they had an encounter. They had a moment's encounter. They were waiting with expectation. God showed up and from the point that he showed up, their lives were changed, never to be go back, going back to the way that they were before. I'm just telling you this, in a moment's time, you can be filled with the Spirit of God. My question, I want, to, I want everybody's attention just up here. Please look at me just for a quick second. Like, listen, when did you forget the power of the Holy Ghost in your life? When did you forget the power that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because I'm telling you, we got a bunch of church folks that have forgotten the power. How do you know that? Well, that's kind of a broad statement. I can't even believe you would say that, Pastor Travis. Well, this is the deal. I have conversations and I listen to conversations. And oftentimes I'm questioning, where's the power of God in the life of that believer? I know they believe. I know they're blood-bought, born again, going to heaven, name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But where in the world did the power go? Because there's nothing about your conversation that leads me to believe that you trust that you, greater is he, instead of it just being something on your refrigerator, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But I'm telling you, the idea of this book and these words is to be so implanted and so imparted inside of your life that you live them regardless of whatever it is that you're facing. And I'm just wondering, like, when did you stop believing in the power of the Holy Ghost in your life? When? Because I'm telling you, if you think things are bad now and you're already folding, I just can't believe this. I can't believe I got this diagnosis. I can't believe she left me. I can't believe they're telling these things about me. And you are folding up like a cheap lawn chair. How in the world are you going to be able to stand in the day where there's real persecution? I'm telling you, guys, we need the Holy Ghost. And you need to rest. And one of the things that we were taught in the Pentecostal church is to wait. Is to wait. And while I don't agree with everything I sure think that the Bible shows us that God's timing is not always our timing. And sometimes it is going to be proven as to how much of God you want by how much you're willing to wait for it. And sometimes we wait. Well, I sat there for five minutes and nothing happened. So I got up and I went my own way. Are you powerless? Do you have a choice in the matter? What happens when you get negative thoughts that flood your mind? Do you just allow them to reside? What happens when you're in a group of people and none of them are acting like Jesus is king and his Lord and his word is true? Do you just kind of like a fish or a lamb just fall in line with them and just kind of swim the same direction? 
Or are you filled with the Holy Spirit and say, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. I know things look bad, but let me tell you what my God says in his word. <laughs> Acts 2, 2, they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke in other tongues. Acts 4, 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit spoke to the rulers and the elders of the town. Acts 4.31, they looked for people filled with the Holy Ghost to preach with boldness. Time after time after time, these are just three, they were filled, 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 they were filled. Have you ever sat and listened to somebody preach a message and it seemed like they were preaching from themselves? Has it ever come across you to realize that I think they're really trying to convince themselves instead of convincing us? Have you ever said under that? I think this last one is interesting. To be able to preach the Holy Spirit, to be able to preach the word, what did they look? They looked for men that were filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, we don't need, we don't need people. And, and while there is a space and a place for this, we don't need people to convince from intellect to intellect. You've got to have the power, the demonstration of power that when the word is spoken, even though it may not make sense right here, something inside of here is being stirred up and it's being absolutely moved because there's some conviction. Because I'm telling you, the word of God is truth. It's power. It's it's life and it's spirit. Spirit led means that God will lead you wherever it is that he wants to use you. And I'm just telling you this, that the spirit cannot lead what the spirit does not dominate. And let me give you a snapshot of some of the church today. We love God and we're going to, we're going to heaven. I believe, I believe that you can be both. I believe that you can, you can love God and you're going to heaven, but yet you're still wrestling with wanting to do your own thing. And, and it'll be a wrestling match and it'll be a, it'll be a life that is not a beautiful life because you're always going to be in a place of contention and there's going to be friction and frustration. And I believe that God will allow you to just do that and remain there. And, and even though it's not good and it's not the, the life that he deserves, but he can't lead you when you're the one that's still dominating where it is that you are supposed to go. But when you just say, God, my life is yours and I will go and I will serve and I will do and I will be, man, oh man, that's where true purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction and all of these things come. And I'm just telling you, there's been times in my life where important decisions have had to been made. And I'm telling you that even people that I've highly respected, highly honored, come on, they've been telling me one thing because they were looking out for my best interest. And I'm telling you that the Holy Ghost, even in a crowded room of people that I trust, the Holy Ghost told me something totally different. And I'm just telling you that that's what it is that you need in your life. Acts chapter 12, we see Peter and he's in prison and, and he goes to sleep and he's 
thinking he's having this dream. He's, he's in a trance and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord comes and strips the chains off of him and opens the prison door and leads Peter out. And Peter's just dreaming, man, what a beautiful dream. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting out of this place. Leads him through another door and past the guards and breaks the last door open. Out, come on, into freedom. Come on, into, into society and back to his community. And then Peter comes to himself at this place and this point. He thought it was a trance. He thought it was a dream, but the Holy Ghost led him out of a dangerous place, a place of confinement. And I'm telling you what, that's what the Holy Ghost will do. He wants to lead your decisions should I say something? Should I pray for this person? If I'm supposed to pray, how should I pray? Bob, come on up here and tell your testimony real quick, if you will. Bob shared a testimony a couple of days ago with me, and, and it was profound. And I said, that, that's the one. Will you share on Sunday? He said, yes, he would. Uh, have I got, how much time have I got this time? <laughs> as much. Perfect. They, Perfect. Second service. They, sure. They, they said just okay. take as long as you want. Okay. Uh, in the first service, Travis said something that uh, when I was sitting there, I, I, I went, oh, man, I, that's, I need to think about that. He said, how many of you ever felt ordinary? And if I had to be really honest with myself, I would say, yeah, there's been times where I have just felt ordinary. I have, I have doubted particularly when it comes to miraculous healing, I have doubted God at times. I've doubted his power sometimes, and I've doubted just the fact that he wanted to do it. And I would still pray for people, and I've had people die, still. But I've had something happen to me in the last few weeks, month or so, that has really impacted me. I have a friend in, uh, who lives in Spokane. I've known him for 48 years. Uh, I went to college with him at Northwest Christian College in Eugene. And he is the closest thing to a brother that a person can ever have. We have laughed and cried together. We've gone through an awful lot in these 48 years. Uh, we've cried over the death of his year and a half old son who died almost, almost within just hours. Um, just suddenly. So we've gone through a lot. About eight or nine months ago, he called me and he said, I have been diagnosed with pre-bone cancer. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Dr. Paul, maybe, <laughs> maybe you know, but I didn't even know such a thing existed. And his oncologist said, you don't have bone cancer right now, but um, you probably will at some point. So fast forward to about a month and a half ago, Keith called me, his name is Keith. He called me and he said, would you pray for me? Because my oncologist says all the markers and all the indications are that I now have bone cancer. Would you pray for me? I have to go in for a bone scan and would you pray? Man, you guys, that, bam. I mean, that's just like get hit in the face. So I went home that night, and I knelt down by my bed, and it was just like 
I had a little wrestling match with God, I have to admit. It was just like, God, I'm, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Keith yet. And so I'm going to ask this. I need you to make that bone scan clear. That's, that's my deepest desire. And so I've been praying for Keith ever since then, all through the 21 days of prayer. And last Thursday afternoon, I got a text from Keith. And it just said these five words. The bone scan is clear. So, which is, which is really awesome. You know, it, it, just, it just blew me away. And the very next night at, at um, prayer service here, I was reading in my Bible, and the Holy Spirit just, he gave me a verse. I mean, it just jumped out of the Bible, and it just like, boom, just like that. And it was from Proverbs 13, verse 12, where it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And I just thought, man, God, what, why did you give me that verse? What, what are you trying to tell me here? What are you trying to teach me here? And all this weekend, I've been asking God, what are you trying to, what are you trying to tell me in that verse? And here's what the Holy Spirit has told me as I've been thinking about it all weekend. It's that Our hope doesn't rely on our circumstances. It doesn't rely on other people's opinions. It doesn't rely on anything else but Christ himself and the living Christ. Our hope comes from him. And if God chooses to make us wait for an answer, don't let the enemy steal your hope. Don't ever let him steal your hope. And if God answers your prayer, then guess what? That's a blessing too. He can use it in any situation. He can, he can use it to grow us and bless us. And it was like God was saying, you know, Bob, you opened your heart up to me. You exposed your heart to me in a way that I haven't seen you do very often. So I just went, all right, stand back, Bob, and watch this. Boom. Just like that. Just like that. So I want to just encourage you guys. I just want to give you just a little word of encouragement in your prayer life. Open your heart up. Be genuine. Be genuine with your heavenly father and with your Lord and Savior. Give him your innermost emotions and feelings. And I guarantee you, it'll change you. I promise. So good. I tell you what, something amazing happens whenever we stop pushing and forcing 
and we allow the Holy Ghost just to lead us. Amen. Lisa was just sharing a, a testimony of a, a person that she has worked with um, in the past that was a professed atheist, and she was atheist because um, because she had been hurt by the church. And um, and Lisa hasn't had to preach, and she hasn't had to teach, and she's probably done some praying, but. But I'm telling you that this atheist, this professed atheist had come to her and said, listen, by the way that you live your life, I probably need to give God a second chance. And I'm just saying this, that what a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit, come on, using you to minister to somebody else, even when you're not even familiar that it's happening. You're not even, you're not even aware that it's happening. And so, Bob, thank you so much for that testimony. And, and um I'm going to close with this. The last one is a resilient spirit. Acts, the book of Acts is not for the weak. It is absolutely filled with power, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy because when you say yes to the Holy Ghost, he is going to lead you in spaces and places that you have no other, you have no other option but to fully trust and rely on him. Amen. And so, so it's not easy, but I'm telling you, this is what we were created for. We see in the book of Acts, people that were being persecuted and they were being tortured literally to death. And I'm thinking of Stephen and, and because of his faith, right? And, 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 and what he begins to see, the heavens open up. I'll just read it to you here. But in the face of danger, what happens is, is that Stephen remains strong in the spirit. I can tell you this about the book of Acts. You will find there's 28 chapters. You're not going to find one chapter that has any complaining in it. You're not going to find one story where somebody quit. You're not going to find a, a time where people, where the church, the people in the book of Acts, where they're like, man, I should have really considered this before I began this journey. What you're going to see are people that are resilient in their spirit. Acts 7.55 of Stephen, it says that he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he gazed steadily into heaven and he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, he's telling the people that are ready to throw rocks at him to the point of death. This is what he says. He tells them, look, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And they said, really? They put their rocks down. No, no, that's not what they did. What did they do? They didn't want to hear it. They put their hands over their ears to stop hearing what it was that Stephen was professing. And they began shouting. And they rushed at Stephen and they dragged him out of the city. And they began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and check out the detail. And they laid them at the feet of a young man by the name of Saul, who in just a little while would be the same man where he's had this conversion on the road to Damascus, an encounter with Jesus, and he would become the Apostle Paul, which had written much of our New Testament. And then the Bible says that they stoned him to death. They killed Stephen. 
in that place of rocks flying and being stoned, it said that Stephen prayed. And we see this prayer. It's the same prayer, very similar prayer that Jesus prays on the cross. He prays this prayer, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then the Bible says that he also prayed, Lord, take my spirit. And then the Bible says he closed his eyes and he went to sleep. You know what that means? He died by rocks. But yet he faced this so courageously. How does this happen? How can somebody be in the midst of this and still be so positive and so so forgiving and so filled with love because they're filled with the Spirit? And he also was able to see heaven open up and he saw Jesus right next to the Father. See, where it is that you look when life goes south, it determines everything. And I'm just going to ask a question, and I'm asking you to answer this of yourself, not your spouse, not your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom or your dad. I'm asking you to ask this of yourself. When things go south, when things go wrong, where do your eyes go? Do your eyes remain on the problem, or are they fixed on the promise, which is Christ Jesus? Because where your eyes are fixed, it determines absolutely everything. We've got people, come on, that have been bound and chained because their eyes have failed to be elevated. They continue to remain on the problem. From shipwrecks to snake bites to prison to persecution, Acts is filled with incredible stories. Dive into it. The last story I want to share with you is Acts chapter 14. The apostle Paul is now in a predicament where they're wanting to take rocks and stone him to death as well. The Bible said they did that because of the gospel. They picked up rocks and they continued to stone him until he was dead, or at least they thought he was dead. In the book of Acts, it says that they dragged his lifeless body outside of the city but that's not the end of the story. You see, believers, somebody say believers. This is why it's important that you belong to a place, a house of believers, come on, that can surround you when you're down. Here he is, they circle him, they surround him, and the Bible says that he got up, dusted himself off, probably all swole up and everything, and he walked right back into the city where they just stoned him. Now, I don't know about you, but I would probably be like, listen, I still got a mission, but I'm going to go to the next town over. I'm going to, you know. But his mission was to be called to that space and place, and he reenters once again and continues to preach and teach. Come on, boldness. Why? Because the mission wasn't fulfilled. Just because you're doing God's work doesn't mean that your life is just going to be easy sailing. That you're just going to be able to coast and throw things in neutral. And there's not going to be any speed bumps or potholes. Man, it's going to be filled with that. But what's beautiful is you've got the spirit of the living God. The God that brings dead things back alive again. 
And he is with you and he's using you. And there's nothing when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you begin to see lives changed in and through your simple act of obedience of just doing and going wherever it is that you're called to go and whatever it is that you're called to do. There's nothing more beautiful on the face of the planet than being used by God. There's a lot of beautiful things, but nothing compares to this. And so you're like, man, I'm going to dust myself. Yeah, that'll go down. I'll add a little ice, you know, maybe put a little Band-Aid here or there. Come on, there's work to do. And all I'm telling you this is the reason was because he wasn't driven by fear. Come on, he was driven by faith and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. In ending, I just want you to know this, that it's our time to take the gospel into a confused generation. And I'm telling you what, our generation is confused. We got people that are, that are old, 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, that have walked with God the entirety of their life. And because they're listening to some joker on YouTube or some professor that goes against what it is that the Bible says is true, they're starting to adopt truths that are untruths and they're mingling a little bit of this and a little bit of that and so i'm telling you this we have a confused generation and it's not just the young people it goes all through the ranks i don't care what your age is if you're filling your head with the wrong things you get you better get into the gospel because this is the only thing that will stand the test of time and the only thing that will remain true when everything else is shifting sand. Come on, this is something that you can build on. And you gotta have boldness and courage when other things are being taught that are contrary to this. God helps somebody have enough zeal and power and passion in the Holy Ghost to say no. No, and I'm not going to fight with you, but I'm just going to tell you, you're wrong. And if you'd like to have a conversation, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation. But I'm telling you, there's work to be done. You don't want to go out on your own two feet and in your own motivations either. Read about how the seven sons of Sceva, how that turned out for them. I'm just going to go and just say what somebody else said and do what somebody else said. No power, no Holy Ghost, just trying to, trying to manipulate situations. They ended up naked, broke, and fearful, and beat up, and running away, and I don't want to be any one of those things. So I'm going to pray for you. We're going to close this service down. Lord, we thank you for today. We're going to worship that's what we're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for today. Bless these people. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, Lord. That's my prayer. I feel like sometimes I preach to the choir at this church because we are moving and we're doing. But God, we need more of the Spirit of God. Lord, my prayer is, is that as the Spirit has connected dots this morning, that our simple response would be, yes, I will go and I will do in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. 
We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.